1: Welcome, welcome to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. Today is March the 16th, year of our Lord, 2022. And I sit high atop the St. Mary's Catholic Center as we overlook the construction of the new church here, which is really absolutely magnificent. Well, joining me after the break will be Father Paul Michael Piega uh, out of Buda. It is a really Hutto. fun conversation. Hutto, not Buddha. No, he's Hutto. at Hutto. Oh mercy! I already messed <laughs> up. Uh, blooper reel
2: number one. Howdy, everybody. This is Dennis Maka, the uh, blooper guy, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> he's at St. Patrick's in Hutto. <laughs> Thank you. Thank a little you closer for the Buddha. We had uh, actually it's a pre-recorded one, so it's yeah. actually very, very fun. I had just a blast getting to ask some questions I had been wanting to ask about liturgical this is and that, So let's call it. The liturgical nuances of the day that we all have questions about. You
2: had a whole list of, of questions. I did. I did. I was just, so great. He didn't flinch at all. It just no. went one down the other. It was so, great.
1: I can't. I'm, I'm actually really want to listen to it again because I learned a lot. It
2: was great. It was great. So we're also joined by Doctor Thaddeus Romanski. Yeah.
1: Yes, he's here. I'm so excited Thanks, to see Dennis. you. Yeah.
0: Um, I was going to jump in and say that it's great that. Father Paul Michaels coming on with uh, Pam in the second part of the program because the beginning of March, <clears throat> I was fortunate to have Adam Brill, the liturgical director from Saint Thomas Aquinas. We talked about Sacrosanctum Concilium, mm-hmm. the Vatican II document on the sacred liturgy, and so the pump is primed for the audience. They're ready to right. they're ready to hear some more of the the details of the everyday liturgical right. Do's and don'ts. They yes. don't
1: call us religious education for the domestic church for no reason. That's right. Yeah, there you right. go. So yeah. it was
0: pretty awesome that we we've had this kind of one two punch on the on the See? liturgy this the month.
1: Holy Spirit, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: that's so both good. great shows. And I can't wait for y'all to listen yeah. to this next okay. half.
2: But uh, let's talk about uh, Saint of the Day because we've got a pretty big feast oh, coming up. So
1: one of and my and some favorites. big things
2: going on 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 that day that we're going to talk about okay. as well.
1: Well. We would be so remiss if we didn't mention St. Joseph's Feast Day, St. Joseph the Worker. He's so nice. He's the only one that... Yes, the Worker? No. That's correct.
0: The Worker's May 1st.
1: What? Well, I just looked it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see then. Uh, He's going to go
2: pull out the calendar. uh, I'm pretty sure it's St. Joseph the Worker.
1: (laughs) Anyway, he's definitely a big favorite of mine Um, from years ago. And I want to say one of my favorite things I did to honor him in my home was the Sleeping Saint Joseph statue. In which you can put your um, petitions on a little piece of, I have a little piece of cardstock and kind of cut it out and put some prayer intentions. And it's usually always around um, the men in my family or or marriages that struggle or things of that Mm -hmm. nature or trying to build holy men in the church, which um, actually I was speaking about holy men in the church the other day. I was talking about Thaddeus. When he did Exodus 90, because I thought that's such a great program for, for men. I think that's after the St. Joseph's own heart would be that yeah. Exodus 90.
2: Well, and, and speaking of St. Joseph, I just want to say this publicly, Thaddeus, you, you were right. right. <laughs> and I was less than right. <laughs> it is the Feast of St. Joseph. St. Joseph the Worker is uh, the first. So, yeah.
0: But it is this year suppressed by the third Sunday of Easter because right. the third Sunday of Easter is May 1st. So maybe I'm willing to ad, willing to admit that I haven't looked into this, and maybe Holy Mother Church made a made some kind of little no. adjustment to the calendar and said that it's probably Saint Joseph the Worker this year is celebrated on March 19th no, because you're it's right. suppressed on S- by the third Sunday. Of Mary. Stop it! Okay. Stop yeah. it! You're yeah. right. Yeah.
2: Fine, I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) So speaking of St. Joseph Feast Day, there's quite a a bit of feasting that's going to be going on, this one in particular. Yes. Because it's going to be the ordination of 16 men to the diaconate in the Diocese of Austin. Amazing. Two of which will be Red Sea's very own Robin Waters. He is our Director of Evangelization and Outreach up in the Central Texas area, but he serves as that. That director for all of our apostolate and Keith Como, who is the husband of Judy Como, who is one of our very own Red Sea hosts here on Roundup next week. You'll hear from her and she's also on our board of directors. So um, just some great men that are being ordained uh, Two, at least two of them have sons that
0: are priests, young priests in the Diocese mm. of Austin. Um, it's a Red Sea ordination is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I mean. Go St.
1: Joseph. It's Red I Sea dominating. We have, we're
2: dominating. Well, we're going to be a Red Sea broadcasted ordination, that's for sure. Indeed. So uh-huh. we're going to be there starting at 10 a.m. for the broadcast. The mass starts at 1030, and we're going to start out with some interviews and some questions mm. and some information about the men to be ordained and the excitement of the day. And uh,
1: Beautiful. Yeah,
2: it's exciting. So I don't know how long it'll last. It'll probably be about a two and a half hour broadcast uh, because the mass probably will be at least two hours. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a beautiful day. It's going to be really exciting to to be for, there for that, that celebration on the Feast of St. Joseph.
1: Very exciting. Yeah, yeah, so
2: tune in. We put a spot on the air and uh, tune in on Saturday, the 19th of March at 10 a.m. It's awesome. Because if you can't go, if you can go, you better get there early because it's going to be a very packed house yeah, at yeah. St. Williams and Round Rock. And but, what a uh, great
1: day, you know, that, yeah. to choose a St. Joseph Husband of Mary, not the workers we've been yeah. corrected. Uh, we'll take it. <laughs> hey, that's why we keep him around, Dennis. Come on, he keeps us in line with those little details. Be to right? God. Yes. Glad to have him around. So and accuse us humble. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta do that.
2: So I did mention Judy. Um yes. her show next week. Y'all tune in for the the tune in, of course, for part two coming up with with uh Father um Miso. Paul Michael Pinega. No, Paul Paul oh, oh, i thought I'm you trying were talking to about think Judy. of the next person. Oh, yeah. Father Paul Michaels. Tune in for him. But uh, next week, Judy's going to be interviewing our diocese, Vicar General, Father James Misko. And that's going to be exciting. They're going to be talking about vocations, his vocation story, as well as the three pillars of Lent. And uh, it's going to be great. He's a wonderful, wonderful mm. presenter.
1: Mm-hmm. Has
0: a great heart. So he's very excited to, to be interviewed. That's, uh, that's really great. Ionic, Doric, and Corinthian, right? Those are the three the three pillars of Lent. Is that right? Not quite you're just trying to be wrong on something for once and it's yeah. not going to happen. You can
2: even tell when he's fake wrong, he's never wrong, folks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Except when Robin says shush, so. shush. No. Robin's not Speaking here at the desk.
1: Robin.
2: Yeah.
0: Anything you want to share? Yeah,
2: at all Adult Thaddeus?
0: Yes, we are very, very thankful to God for bringing my wife's uh, pregnancy to a successful conclusion last Friday, March 4th, we gave birth to our sixth child, a little boy. He now has a name. Takes us a, takes us a few a few days to, to get a name, usually. Uh, but we settled on Sebastian Casimir Romanski. He was okay. born on March 4th, St. Casimir's Feast Day. Mm. And he was five pounds, 13 ounces. I think he's actually little bit over his birth weight again. So he's, he's nursing well, he's in good health. Mother is in good, good health too. He was 19 and a half inches long and we're just, uh, loving having the new addition to the family and the, and the other children are taking to him. And they're also stepping up to the, to the, to the stovetop, to the washing machine, (laughs) to the, uh, The the clothes on the floor in their room.
1: Um, Well, share with our listeners the ages, your ages range of your children.
0: uh, So we have a 13-year-old son, then a 12-year-old daughter, eight-year-old son, five-year-old son, two-year-old daughter, and now a newborn son. So we have four and two.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: And the the birth announcement that that, uh, we sent out, that I sent out, uh, has a picture of the little guy, and it says... We saved Sebast for last. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You know, I tell you, if Thaddeus weren't so much
2: younger than me, then, you know, we could have some arrangements because, uh, you know, my daughter, do- I have four daughters and two sons. Ah, Just, you know, okay. but wow. That, yeah, ours. The, that ages, the not, ages don't quite match up. Well. Not at all. Not at all, but yeah. that's okay. That's uh, funny. They'll all be good friends. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, some congratulations. great things. Great things. We're yeah. very excited. I so. know there are
0: a lot of, lot of listeners. Um, praying for us that we would have a a great delivery and that Robin would have a a successful uh, pregnancy. And thank you so much for those prayers. It was her best, quickest labor yet.
1: That is awesome. Her body knows what to do. Yes. Just thanks be to God. Oh, that's a that's a God. darn Love cute babies. little
2: kid there. Yeah, Let me tell sure. you, he is absolutely precious. Yeah. So, oh, as always. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, as Amen. I I say quite often after mm-hmm. babies are born. So that's wonderful. So, yeah, we're very much excited about great things to come. Uh, okay.
1: Speaking of great things to come, I'm kind of excited that there's this uh, Women's Discipleship Reflection Series going on at St. Joseph these days. Mm-hmm. It was actually um, the topic was the request of Father Brian, and he is going to be the frequent speaker as well. It's a different days and times, um, but this next one is going to be on the 31st, Thursday, the 31st of okay. of March, at, after the 6 p.m. Mass. They're in the pack. And again, it's uh, going to have Father Brian speaking and a lay speaker also talking and giving some reflection So if you would like some more continuing uh, formation to grow in your faith Mm -hmm. and get that kind of respite that we all need from time to time, um, put that down on your calendar, women, for 3.31 after the 6 p.m. Mass at St. Joseph.
2: And uh, you know what? If you're so inspired after that event, there's something with the Diocese of Austin starting the very next day for young women who are considering a uh, religious life vocation. Uh, so I'm going to announce this at Cedar break. They're having a single women's retreat between the ages 18 and 35 <laughs> to invite, uh, to join the apostles of the interior life. Wonderful, wonderful nuns uh, who are here staged at they're consecrated women um, that are stayed staged here at St. Mary's Catholic center, but they're going to be hosting a retreat for all women uh, between ages of 18, and 18 and 35 on April 1st through 3rd at Cedar Break. It's the Heart of Mary retreat, and there's going to be talks, times of prayer, small group discussion, and it's all for women discerning their vocation.
1: So I'd just love to go and help in the background to, to hear the talks and listen to everything. No kidding. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? I love Cedar break. You, I your, really do. Your vocation is discerned Pam. Yes it is. But well, I, would, I would just be, you know, I bring that motherly, <laughs> you know, that motherly aspect to it. All right. You know? So
2: those yeah. of you, if you see Pam sneaking around the back of the room, <laughs> don't boot her out, but it's only 35 bucks. So um, information on that can be found at the diocese of Austin vocation site. God is Me. God is calling dot me.
1: Amazing.
2: Yeah. So great things are going on.
3: For sure. We can
2: say a save the date ish for victory sports. Ooh. We are looking at uh, April 23rd as the, it's still somewhat tentative. We have a couple of things we need to put down in place, but um, victory sports is the newest branch of our apostolate. Catholic radio is under the red sea apostolate and likewise, Victory Sports as is as well. So if you go to victoryyouthsports.org,
0: that's our website to find out just a little glance of what's to come. And you can also sign up there if you want to receive more information, get information about uh, clinics when they happen this spring, mm. our summer camp that we're planning, and then the stages for the, the, the launch of the Fall Sports well, League. It, it's all about teaching youth and their families about the beauty
2: of the faith through the beauty of sport Amen. and the virtues that come with their activity in in both. So, yeah, it's exciting. We're gonna so be bringing thankful. families together. It's going to be parochial leagues starting in the fall, uh, parish versus parish. Uh, but we'll start off with some skills clinics. Uh, april twenty third is our first target date. And what
0: volleyball, sport? We're
1: Volley- thinking okay. We're thinking. We're
0: gonna we'll hope we're, that. we're planning to have a volleyball clinic in the spring, day clinic a basketball day clinic, and a flag football day clinic.
1: And what's the age range? We six to 12. With six to 12,
0: yeah. It's exciting. So stay tuned to our website and
2: stay tuned to here at Red Sea Radio. We'll talk to you more about that. We know the diocese is very excited. The bishop is very excited. We've met with them in person. Oh, my gosh.
0: They're very excited. About and me. we want to ask for prayers also because Victory Sports, uh, Red Sea Apostolate, we applied to um, the... Our Sunday Visitor challenge, and we got through to the first round. So please pray that we continue on in that in that effort. Innovative Catholic thinking is what that's mm-hmm. about. All right. Well, Pam.
1: Yes. Well, thank you for joining us. And stay tuned after the break with Father Paul Michael Piega. We're going to be talking about the liturgy and your questions you always wanted to ask. Stay tuned. Welcome back to this edition, the second half of Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today and joining me in the studio is Father Paul Michael Piega. Welcome back, Father. Thank you.
3: It's good to be back here in College Station, but as well as on the air.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. As you'll remember, uh, I do have um, a previous recording where he told us his vocation story. So I'm going to kind of skip over that a little bit. Uh, But I saw you outside of mass the other day and I was like, wow, I have all these things in my mind. I've been thinking about talking to you about um, all these kind of, um, is it proper to say liturgical norms for the laity? Is yeah, that the right so way to say just
3: it? Liturgical norms in general. That's in fine. General. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I've had a lot of those on my mind. I saw him yeah. and I greeted him on the sidewalk and I was telling him about it. And he says, ah, oh, and listen, we're like going on my parish. And he just talked and talked and talked and was like, ah, oh, this is a radio show. So <laughs> welcome back. I really want <laughs> to hear all the exciting things. Like, how's it been at your new assignment? You know, we were just, we hate to see you leave St. Mary's, I but know. we're so happy for you there in Hutto.
3: Thank you. Yes. So. As uh, maybe some of you may or may not know, so I was, re- well, not recently now. It's almost coming up to a year. Wow, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. About a year ago. And so a year ago, I was reassigned to be the new administrator at St. Patrick Catholic Church in Hutto, Texas. So we're a growing, and I mean really overwhelmingly growing really? area. And one of the reasons why is um, maybe some of you have maybe heard that the Samsung um, $18 billion chip factory will be built down the street from us. No. So it's going to be built on the Taylor, Texas, Hutto, Texas city borders. Okay. And that's about five minutes down the street from our parish. And so that's going to be done in 2024, I believe. And that's bringing a lot of families, a lot of new developments, a lot of homes. Where I just recently attended a city council meeting and we will. Be expecting over nine thousand units, so apartments and homes, of of for the next year, really, and next two years, and it's just we're growing so fast, and and it's exciting. You know, we have a lot of uh, families coming um, to our parish, but also moving out of Austin because. Housing market's kind of high right. there in Austin, but also um, we're very family oriented. So, our mission at St. Patrick is to walk with Jesus and with one another as a family striving for holiness. And so, that's our mission. And, you know, we have our, our core uh, promises that we have uh, together, and this is what what helps us to build a culture at St. Patrick, but also it keeps each other accountable. Right. And so we can fraternally correct one another and our promises are essentially is we promise that you feel welcomed, feel loved, receive Jesus because you are part of the family. So it's been great. And you know, a lot of beautiful things happening at our parish, um, especially with faith formation. So one of the things that I've, I've, that's been on my heart really is the fact that when you think of society in general, the sole unit of society is what? The family unit, right? And so, right. but even more so, the sole unit of a family is the the marriage, right? Between a man and a woman, but also the marriage bond within the family. And so, you know, once... If the family goes, then society goes. It's the so,
1: cornerstone of society, yes.
3: Amen, correct. Uh, yeah, exactly. And my so my passions as well. Yeah. And so one of the things that, that's kind of been on my heart uh, is now being administrator, soon to be hopefully a pastor, uh, being named a pastor um, in a month or a few weeks from now, hopefully. Exciting. That'll be great. <laughs> Exciting. Exciting. Yes. Um, is the fact that um, a lot of our parents... And especially um, those that are wanting their kids to be baptized are are not as equipped or don't know too much about the faith, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a, just a lack of, of catechesis as well as formation. So one of the things that we're we're doing it's it's called a whole family formation program in a sense, but also, you know, I really went back to the rite of baptism. When you look at the rite of baptism, essentially we the parents are are asked to make promises that they will raise their kids in the faith. And so what we're doing is putting faith formation back on the parents, but we're not leaving them hanging, right? And so we're, we're, we are we we're have small groups that are formed with, um, you know, couples that we know are, are living the faith very actively and intentionally, and they're leading these small groups of parents who then in turn are our hope, and they are, it's been great, and they've been teaching their kids the faith. Back, back at home, and so you know they have a required. You know we have to always have some something required to right. to keep them accountable, but it's really just an, a required once a month um, night evening where we essentially don't give them excuses. So we provide them a meal, uh, and we also have a childcare, and Excellent. we also have two different times in which they're able to to come, but also grow and learn themselves, but also. They're equipped to be able to teach the faith. And so we give them lessons plans essentially wow. for the rest of the month. And
1: okay, let me slow you down for yeah, a second sure, sure. you're saying all this really cool stuff. Yes, but I, yes. yeah. So what is the name of
3: the program? So correct. So it's called songtus, because we're okay. all called to be holy. And so songtus comes from the Latin word uh, holy, right? Songtus. So you also say that in, in the mass. Songtu, songtus, sure. right? So that's the whole name itself of the program. And that particular night is called Fides, which means faith. So faith night. Oh. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. was this
1: developed outside of your parish or did you have it developed in your parish?
3: We developed it in our <gasps> parish. So it was kind our of Father. just to give the Holy Spirit, but also, you know, a combination of other programs throughout the country that we've noticed, but we're trying to put it together um, in a way. And so as Angela, we were we've just been surrendering the Holy Spirit and just seeing where the Lord is taking us. We kind of put a pause on the uh, three other nights. So essentially it's, it's a weekly... Formation program every Wednesday night, so we realized that Wednesday nights were typically faith nights, especially in public schools. Right? And right, so we wanted to claim that back again and make it a faith formation Wednesday nights. And we initially started off um, with a night, the first Wednesday of the month, called Pange Lingua, which is just a praise and worship adoration night, and it's just a night where we're just. Praying with the Lord and adoring Him mm. in, in the Holy Eucharist, right? Um, and then so that would be the first Wednesday of the month. The second Wednesday of the month was called Acts two forty two, and it goes back to you know that that sacred scripture passage of where the the disciples and the apostles literally broke bread, opened the Word, and proclaimed and taught what the disciples and the apostles um, taught, right? And so that was our essentially like our monthly speaker series. And so we'd bring in a speaker and then I'd call it, call it like a little late night Catholic talk show uh, mm, host nice. kind of thing. And yeah. so I would interview them with just fun questions and then they would give a 20 to 30 minute talk on a particular theme. And then afterwards we'd have a little bit of faith sharing and then we'd close the night with some, with song. And so
1: yeah. I have, yeah. Is is this a podcast? Because it really sounds like a podcast.
3: I think we might move it into a podcast. Right? We we have okay. all the, the the talks recorded, so we'll probably. May, that's a good idea. Maybe, we'll, maybe the Lord's calling us uh, yeah, to that. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, the third week, the third Wednesday of the month was called Fida's Night, so Faith Night. And then the fourth Wednesday of the month was called Leitare, which is, means joyful, right? And so when we have Latari Sunday and then also Gaudete Sunday, right? And then during mm-hmm. Lent and Easter. But Latari Night was essentially our once a month, just a fun night. And so we would play bingo as a parish family or we had a mystery night during October kind of is thing. Community, just exactly. a deep community. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we kind of put a pause on on the three nights, except for Day's night, for the time being, just because we we realize we we're using a lot of our resources and and such uh, for those nights, and we we need to still first get buy in, and so so we're just taking a, a step back and doing a little. Buy in,
1: you mean having more people come exactly. and participate? Okay.
3: Exactly. So at first it's still a little confusing, especially just for a lot of people because, you know, it's very new and different. Yeah. And so a lot of people can be a little hesitant at first, um, especially w- with our faith formation program. You know, we're, you know, it's not the the typical let's drop your kids off and then mom and dad are going to, you know, go do errands and kind of thing. And yeah. I think, no, but we really want to incorporate um, the whole family and, and teaching the family and the parents and and the parents teaching their kids. And so – so, Right now we're just taking a pause, but it's been great because the Lord has been revealing some ways in which we can pivot, essentially, but also continue some of the good good things that the Lord wants us to do, especially for Faith Formation. Yes, wonderful. So
1: do you have a DRE or Faith Formation director? Yeah, Yeah?
3: so her name is Nancy, and she's our uh, director of Faith Formation, correct? Yeah, Yeah. she's,
1: I guess, really working hard behind the scenes on all these things as well.
3: Yes, and, um, you know, um, God bless her. So it was interesting and really how the Lord asked us to slow down, <laughs> yeah. um, is the fact that, uh, she unfortunately, um, had cancer. And so mm-hmm. she had cool to go cancer. through chemo, uh, actually the last six, six months, six to seven months. Um, but, uh, she, she continued to, so she survived it and she's continuing, um, through like post chemo now. And so it's been great though. She's, she's such a woman of great faith. She's, been in this position for 30 plus years. Wow. And so, um, yeah, and so, and so there's that, yeah, with the faith formation side of our parish and, and it's been great because I, re- I recall even just the first, the first evening, you know, when you see the kind of like sad faces of, of parents and kind of thing, but then literally afterwards, they could not stop thanking mm-hmm. us as a parish because they, we realized they needed to walk with other couples who are dealing with the same so issues true. and same questions that they're getting from their yeah. kids. And, and, you know, at times they some parents can feel a little embarrassed because they don't know the faith as well as they thought they did. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, but at the same time, we didn't want to leave them hanging. Right. And so we're definitely trying to encourage them. But again, it's just goes back to our mission that we were walking with Jesus and with one another as a family striving for holiness and so so we're meeting people where they're at but also just walking with them slowly so
1: okay so just to give our listeners also a point of reference Mm -hmm. i mean i vaguely know where hutto and taylor are like in in relationship to i35 like you know uh, where is it exactly
3: good question so (laughs) we i would like to say we're in the north we're northeast of Austin. And so let's say you're in Austin and you're going 35, right? You're going toward 35 Waco. towards north, right? Towards mm. the Waco area. So you would first pass Plafugerville, right? Uh, which is north of Austin. And then you hit Round Rock, essentially. And so we're east of Round Rock and Plafugerville. And so it's off of the highway 79, and we're actually on the 130 corridor. So, mm-hmm. the the new um, what is that? That toll road on the east side of of the Austin area. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. more sense to me now. Yeah. So we're in between Round Rock and, and Taylor, okay. Texas. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the things you've said that's really standing out to me a couple times, even off air as well, is that it really strikes me, Father, is um, your docility to the Holy Spirit in developing this for families. Oh my gosh, that's just so beautiful. And I hope that it really launches and maybe someday it can be really encapsulated and be taken to other parishes. It sounds mm. so beautiful, but also you mentioned being receptive to the Holy spirit and something else that's been on your heart, which I thought was so cool. So you want to share about that? Yes. Okay. sure. Okay, so,
3: so I know for myself, I've, enjoyed playing music. I used to play piano and now I'm learning the guitar, but even you know singing. I love singing. I've been in the choir ever since I think I was elementary school. Really? And so, yeah, I really just been able to enjoy using these gifts of music. Right. And, and so being, being in Hutto, being in, you know, Northeast Austin and that area and, and really just praying with our mission, but also getting to know our, my people there in, in that area, I've, I've realized that we have a lot of musicians and I would say a lot of musicians that have created and composed their own music as well. And it's been so inspiring because when we think about it, so Austin, the city of Austin is known as the live music capital of the world um, because I guess our music festivals and just, you know, all these these venues that can play, you're able to play music. and And I'm sure there's a lot of artists that have Started in Austin, right, and and then it made me think, start thinking more, um, Holy Spirit, and where where are you inviting us to to enter into this culture of the music world, and and even just recording um, music, you know, with these musicians that we have at our parish, but even just in the Austin area, like, what is there an opportunity that we can provide for them to record their own music, but then. You know, maybe one day we might be able to get the next Matt Maher, right? Or yeah. you know, and so, and and so I really got to thinking more about that, and um, and so the Holy Spirit is is moving us in the direction of of perhaps starting a first recording studio in Austin, and so maybe it would be more you know Catholic or Christian, Catholic Christian recording studio. So right. we're we're in the process of, of getting that kind of side project underway, and and so I have a excuse me, I have a new music director music coordinator who's, um, he actually writes his own music too. So shout out, his name is Donovan Moses. So uh, he, he's a netter. So he did net yeah. um, ministry, but also um, he's been in the music uh, ministry. Um, he was previously at St. Martha's, I believe in Houston. Mm. And then now he um, relocated with his job and he's now our music coordinator at St. At Patrick. And so um, I know he records his own music or is creates his own music, but doesn't have the way to, to record quite yet. But I've noticed we've also have um, just a lot of other parishioners who have these, as, as, you know, aspirations to to right. share their music and the love of of music and and I would say you know music is the language of the Holy Spirit, mm. right? And, and the, yeah, and the reason why is because when you think about our music and and our tradition, the Holy Spirit really speaks to us when we're able to reflect what's going on in our heart, and mm-hmm. so. I think music really expresses what's going on in our hearts and um, whether it be, you know, and there's different categories of music, right? And but I would also say just expressing the word in a, in a way that is ordered, right? And so when you think of music, there's musical notes and there's there's patterns and there's rests and there's breaks, but then also there's chords that need to be sung or played in harmony, right? Mm-hmm. And so obviously it's a reflection of God because our God is a God of order. And so when we have music that is played very beautifully, it's, it's so beautiful because it's, it's a reflection of God. Right.
1: Right. One of the things I was thinking of as you were talking about this is I remember your time at St. Mary's Mm -hmm. and how you would sing some parts of the mass and you do have a beautiful voice. And I would say it took me deeper Mm -hmm. into the mass itself. I mean, it was like, you know how we have our churches, like we're building this beautiful new church behind yes, us here yes. that's supposed to make us like step out of the world and mm-hmm. have a slice of heaven. And, and when you sang during um, your masses, it really, it added that other dimension to it that just takes me deeper into the mass. So I hope you're still doing that.
3: Oh, yes, I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely. It's awesome. really funny because a lot of, you know, we're getting a lot of new parishioners that are coming in as well. And, and you know, they affirm uh, this gift of of. Singing and and whatnot and but it's sometimes every now and then I'll, I'll get a <laughs> I'll get a, a thing where you should do radio you should do announcing too and I'm like well yeah I guess so I guess we could do that podcast yeah podcast idea yeah exactly yeah I'm hoping to start uh, my podcast very soon I had some benefactors that. That gave me some funds to start it, and I need to actually be forward. And so, being a lookout for uh, a new podcast, and when to hopefully starting very soon after. Well, I,
1: well, let's talk off the air because I have yeah. someone that does produce that for lots of different podcasts. It oh. can be very helpful to you. Okay, great. Local,
3: yeah, and okay. it, and just the title will be ask the Liturgist." So, ah, yeah, I love there you go. <laughs> that, and
1: speaking of liturgists, <laughs> yes, yes, what a great segue <laughs> to the next <laughs> section of this uh, this conversation that we're going to have. Yes. Okay. I have to say, I am a convert of 30 Mm -hmm. years. So I've been in, you know, I've just only known the Norvus Ordo. There you go. I've only known that, which is beautiful. And I've Mm -hmm. loved the Holy Mass. But just in these last couple of years, and I have to say, especially since COVID, when we had to kind of make some changes to try and stay safer and and whatnot. But I'd say that I have a lot more confusion now than I've ever had. And I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. not the only one in the pew that's kind of feeling some of those confusions, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know kind of where to start. I mean, I guess uh, I'll start at like one of the main things that I'm like, okay. Like what I remember years ago here at St. Mary's, we literally would hold hands during the our uh, father and even through the aisles. Yes. And then one yes. time, I don't even remember who was pastor at the time, probably Father Brian McMaster says, you know, that's not exactly the way it should be done. So let's mm-hmm. just stay in our pews. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we did that. But then, then COVID hits and everybody's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be holding hands at all just to stay safer. So tell me, what does it <laughs> say? What is the proper way? Do we sure. hold hands or do we not hold hands? Is it just with the families it not with just the family?
3: Yeah. No, that's a very good question. Because when I was a student here, we were – I was I – was, in that aisle, yeah. like holding hands yeah. in the middle in okay. the very front. Right, right. <laughs> so, so I definitely understand a little bit of the confusion there. And and so, but what's interesting is that, so liturgical law or so liturgical norms, um, I would say, doesn't say specifically on what the people, so what the congregation um, can or cannot do during that particular section. It does say what the priests is supposed to be doing during that that particular prayer. And okay. so for the priest, it, it says the the priest should have his hands extended. And so being extended and it typically means in the what's called the Oran's position. Right. So it's a prayerful position. You typically can see a lot of saints in that position with their hands are extended or um, even just you know some statuary in our faith that Mary, even Mary, you know, her hands are extended out because It's reminiscent as well as, you know, a sign of prayer, but also our openness to receiving since we're, you know, the church. And so the church is is feminine in her nature um, to be able to receive from God, right? Um, It's also a a position where you think about it, um, Jesus, he's on the cross, right? And Mm -hmm. so his hands are extended. And so when we think of the priest who's in persona Christi, so in the person of Christ, during the mass or even during any of the sacraments being celebrated, it's, it's, it's a, a notion or even just a gesture for the priest. It's helping us to understand his cruciform posture. Yes. Right. And so, but during the, our father, and so it doesn't state exactly what the congregation or the people and the nave should be doing. Right. And so, Typically, there's this a lot of confusion. And so what what becomes custom or local customs can eventually become, you know, a state or even just area and then even just national mm-hmm. um, customs, because I would say even, you know, I was blessed to, to study and, and live in, in Italy and in, in, in Europe and then even just visiting different countries. So there's each country does their own. Gesture during that particular moment. Okay, so I have, a, I have a follow up so, question to this sure, one then too. Sure. So
1: now I, you know, because I I am intellectually curious, I want to figure this out, and sure. I did see somewhere where about um, even though it's the Our Father that it's still more of a singular and not a communal. So that's Correct. why it should be more um, reverent with our hands in a you know just given the moment is not as communal as, say, like the sign of peace, right? Correct. So correct. given that, I mm-hmm. started thinking, well, maybe we're not really supposed to, to hold hands, but mm-hmm. just receiving. So as you were saying that, now do you, are you in the posture? What is this called? The posture? The Orons, the Orons posture mm-hmm. during the air, Father? So
3: the priest is, and okay. if there are other priests, they are also in that Orons position. So the, so the rubrics does say that Concelebrants should be in the Orons position. Yep. During the Our Father, but if you notice, the priests are not holding hands during that. Right. So so
1: that's the lead up question or the mm -hmm. follow up. This is just me and my little brain. Yes. But if if you're in persona, I'm going to get choked up, but if you're in persona Christi and Mm -hmm. you're in the Oron's position, to me, I am wanting to receive the blessing and it's all about me receiving that blessing. So my mm-hmm. hands would be in a prayerful position with my probably a bowed head. Yeah. If Jesus is truly there. Like yes. like you're receiving that blessing like when you bless someone we usually do yeah, yeah. get in a prayerful position and bow mm-hmm. our heads. So to me that feels natural.
3: Yes, yeah. Because then if you notice when when there are other priests celebrating during mass or can celebrating if you notice, so the, the main celebrant actually has ex, his ex, hands extended after the prayer of our father, praying that deliver us, the Lord, we pray from every evil, right? And so on and so forth. But then you'll notice that the concelebrants will close their hands in the prayer position with their hands together, right? Mm. Because again, it's, so it's, it's unitive in regards to our unified praying of the, our father as the body of Christ, right? And so we're already expressing that unity by praying it out loud essentially and so there's there's not a need to have another gesture of you know holding hands together and so the proper the proper position would be in a, having your hands together in a prayerful position. And so, but, but again, it, it it's different at different parishes and so and so forth. Right. And, so and, and I love be your sensitivity to yeah, that, but you yeah. know,
1: you're just kind of, you know, we're kind of going back to baseline because like right, I said, there's right. been so much confusion these days. So I really like that. So, We're concluding, obviously, and this is probably why we have confusion around it, is because Mm -hmm. every place is different. And, you know, we can be respectful of our surroundings. But to Mm -hmm. know that if it's on your heart to have your hands together Mm -hmm. and prayerfully bowing your head during the Our Father, Mm -hmm. that is probably a really okay thing to do. Mm -hmm. But given your circumstances and where you are, we don't want to say that if you feel you want to hold your husband or your children's hands, that's not like it's it's not Disallow by right, any means right, but right. okay so i'm kind of yeah. getting these nuances down i like yeah. this i like this given the options okay yeah.
3: and the reason why too when we think about what we're actually praying you know i've been teaching our our parish here at well at saint patrick is you know is our exterior gestures similar to our interior disposition mm. oh, wait, so, wait, wait, so, so say that one more time so that was beautiful okay are our exterior gestures and the way we express the faith, whether it be by word or you know gestures, does, is it similar to our interior disposition? Mm-hmm. And so for example, one of the things I've been teaching and I've been been doing this, this form of gesture is is for the colic. So this is the opening prayer, right. right? And even I would say the whole liturgy of the Eucharist, so the second half of mass, And as well as the prayer after communion and the prayer during the offertory. So all of these prayers are actually directed towards the father. Did you know that? Really? I did not. Yeah. Because Like the father
1: of the family.
3: Yeah. The father of the family, but also our heavenly father. Because if you remember, the priest is in persona Christi. So he's Jesus during the mass, during the sacraments. And so he's collecting, essentially, that's the name of the, the opening prayer, collecting all of our prayers into one universal prayer that the whole church throughout the world is praying this one colic for that one particular mass, you know, that Sunday mass or that particular daily mass and presenting these prayers, this one prayer, collecting these prayers to, to the father. So when you read these prayers, you'll notice who they're directed towards. And so as, as humans, you know, we use our bodies and we use our, our gestures and our words, for a purpose there's always a meaning there's always a reason why we do these things so so what i've been doing is is turning literally towards the altar or the crucifix or the tabernacle where jesus is present but also god is present and so so this little gesture helps us focus on what we're actually praying and so and then even if when we go back to the our father right so the even just towards the end when we say forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us so if if I'm not at peace with the person's hands I'm holding with is is this correct interdisposition that I'm expressing with mm-hmm. my gestures and hands? So for example, like if a husband and wife like had a fight right before mass, right maybe just a little argument or something and am i am I praying those the prayer of the our Father correctly with an mm-hmm. interior heart that's saying like, yeah, I actually forgive or do I? still have a little bit of resentment, you know, Mm. right before mass kind of thing. And so, so again, these gestures help us to focus on what we're actually praying.
1: Right. You know, as you're saying that I'm thinking of the church in the mass as being Mm -hmm. the field hospital for Mm -hmm. all of us who are so broken and we come to mass to get filled by the Lord. And sometimes that's just about me and the Lord. (laughs) Uh, So I can really see how it can be more. Just me and Jesus, like you're really focusing on what's going on in the mass and what's present and just Mm -hmm. kind of not worry. You know, I have older children now, so I'm not having to do that. So actually, that's why these questions are coming out, because back then I couldn't I just had to make sure to wrangle the children. But now I want to enter in more deeply to the mass. And I think that's one of the reasons this is really important to me to to kind of hear this and talk to you. So, that I'm, guys, I'm so excited to have the liturgist <laughs> with me. So, I do have yes. more questions yes. and they're not all easy. So, we're going to kind of pop through some of them. That's fine. The next one that causes me great concern these days okay. is the sign of peace. Oh, okay. Okay. So... Um, the sign of peace, as I've always known it, was everyone extended and shook hands. And with your family members, too, maybe it was a hug and a kiss and things like that, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. It's beautiful. And then as as COVID kind of hit around, they were like, well, you know, maybe that's not such a great idea because we want to stay safe, which I understand. Um, and then I started reading, you know, or hearing, I don't know if this is true, so you got to correct it. You know, that was never really planned to have all the hands shaking during mm. the sign of peace. Mm-hmm. And I thought it fascinating that it actually wasn't a thing pre-Vatican II. So, like, mm-hmm. there was a change and a shift. And for what purpose was that made?
3: Good question. <laughs> right. She has her I, know, dude, her yes. I know. I've got so, so many. I'm, like, so
1: excited about yeah, this conversation.
3: Again. And so when we go back to what are we actually doing, yes, yes. right? And so, so that... Those gestures should actually be: Are we really at peace with our brother and sister at that particular time? And, but even more so, going back. So the gesture, so pre-Vatican II, is it was essentially so the peace was was given from Jesus. So the priest who is in persona Christi at the mass, right? So that's a particular part where you know um, it, the peace comes from the priest, who's Jesus first, and then it's kinda neat. If you if you've attended a, the extraordinary form of the mass, you can see how it kind of cascades to the to the congregation. And so yeah, what do you mean by so, that? No, yeah, so, Explain that a little bit. So the priest will give the sign of peace first to his deacon. If there's a deacon celebrating. And how and do so, they
1: do that? It's, so, they, they yeah, don't so shake a, hands, right? No, so okay. it's a
3: little kind of like it's an embrace, essentially. And if you think about it, if you go back to <laughs> Europe, right, and Italy. And so again, a lot of these customs and local customs entered into our liturgy because they're natural gestures of of you know when we give a sign of peace to someone. So back in our history giving the sign of peace was, was essentially a kiss, right? And so when you think about the kiss of of Judas, right, betraying Jesus, right? So the kiss of peace is essentially a redeeming gesture that, yeah, we should be at peace to be so pure and be at peace with one another when we're coming to mass, mm-hmm. right? And so so going back to the gesture itself, so it's actually a little little embrace, like you're about to hug, but not really. But then you kind of go to the left and to the right kind of right. thing. And so, and, but then that is singly given to the deacon. The deacon gives it to the subdeacon. The subdeacon gives it to the altar I service. The altar see. servers then go out and I they give the sign I of see. peace. And so, so essentially the altar servers never really went out to the congregation. It was just implied that we should be at peace with one another right and so okay yeah that. so yeah.
1: I see like on the fundamental side of it that's emanating like so let's talk about the family you know mm-hmm. the father and the mother embracing and then the children embracing and yeah. usually that's about enough time depending on how big your family is <laughs> but one of the things that I have noticed when um not shaking hands because I think the shaking hands while I loved it can be very distracting Right, And I've noticed that now when I offer t- like a nice bow of the head to like, say in daily mass, oh, uh, yeah. I had a beautiful morning, a beautiful mass this morning. I turn around and see these lovely women that I've known for a long time that are praying for one of my special needs, my granddaughter, God bless you, Rosie. And I turned around and all these women who've been praying and we're all like looking at me like we're praying for you. And. And to be able to nod and just acknowledge mm-hmm. them and smile, I was so filled with joy. I actually mm-hmm. I was moved to tears, which isn't hard for me. But mm-hmm. I really was. So so going back to the sign of peace, the cascade of the family, which I think is probably on Sunday is probably mm-hmm. pretty awesome, right. But in a, you know, a more sparse mass or whatever to to turn and nod and just, say peace with you to the other people that you're worshiping this is pretty beautiful too.
3: Yeah, exactly. And again, this is where local custom goes into the culture itself. Yeah. And so, cause even, you know, I would say the bow of a head, that's a sign of peace in a lot of Asian cultures yeah, as well. Okay. I know. Um, and, and then, you know, the handshake is very much so a sign of, of peace for, mm-hmm. for us here in, in the, in the West and in, in the U S kind of thing. But, but yeah. And so, so again, this is where local, enculturation is, right. is a big word in the liturgy world, where local customs do can can enter into uh, the mass, right? right? And well, so, like, for example, like our the aggie whoop here, uh, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that kind of enters with a sign of approval, right? But but I would even say. Um, each local church has its own unique individual customs yeah. right and so but this what's makes our church so universal because we also have universal norms that help us to keep unified so that way when you do go to maybe a mass in Africa or a mass in Europe the the idea is to try to to be in unity with with your brother and sister in the same pew, even though it's a different language, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, so I do
1: have, I was, this has actually happened. I was out of town visiting um, friends, went to mass, and the sign of the peace was social hour. People mm. were leaving, the like, what are the no's? So, so people were leaving the pews and going four or five pews away to yeah. go greet their brother, which is lovely that they do that, but I felt it a little inappropriate. Yeah. So is that kind of a no? Don't leave your pew. Yeah.
3: yeah oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, again, you know, there's not exactly particular norms like how we should give the sign of peace uh, per se, right? But but there are some things where it can get a little, uh, yeah, just a little much. And I would say, so for example, um, and I think this is just a testament to what, again, go, just going back to what are we doing and, and our, our interdisposition. Reflecting the exterior mm, gestures in our mm-hmm, heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so if we see the, the mass, you know, that we are on Calvary as well, but also we're at the banquet, right? It's a foretaste of, of heaven. And so are we really presenting ourselves at a formal dinner, essentially, a formal supper, right? And like the heavenly banquet, because it is a foretaste of of the feast. I want to sidebar that
1: because one of my other things that we're probably going to have a lot of time to get to is how we dress when we come to Mass. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and
1: I just want to say as a mom and someone uh, who's struggled with this in the past, I say to my kids now, you're going to go meet Jesus looking like that? you know? No, you get back in there and get out of those jeans and you look more appropriate for Jesus. So yeah. if we really think we are going to meet the king of the universe, which is true and good in the mass, right. how are we looking? Right. We don't want to be right. slovenly. Now, I yeah. know we're out of town. God doesn't care the way we dress as long as we're there. Right. All that is sure. true. But given opportunity and chance why wouldn't you dress up mm-hmm. to go meet our Lord? Yeah,
3: exactly. So, ju- I mean, even just our customs, when when we get ready for a formal event, right, we get ready because we're more intentional or we're taking time because we know it's important, right? And so, so again, are we doing something that is important or is it just something that is, you know, just going to the country club the in a way. You know, yeah. go through the motions. Yeah. So, so, for example, like if someone, if you're, getting a new job and you're about to interview like you want to have a good impression right and so you dress appropriately for that interview same thing if you're so going true. to a, a a you know a really nice restaurant or even i would say a, a dinner event you know at or a party where it's a little bit more formal like a ball right a mm-hmm. banquet then We would, of course, get ready and intentionally prepare oneself. Right, right? so like I dress
1: up for Sunday more mm -hmm. than I would daily mass. Right, right, That's appropriate. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's my. Here's another good one. You ready for it? This is probably the last one we have time for. (laughs) Yep. Um, Leaving early. Ooh, yes. And arriving late. (laughs) Those are two. okay. So let me tell you what my conception is. Is what I think. So you correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Um. I'd always heard, I don't know if this is true or whatever, that maybe if you have arrived even during the gospel or after the gospel, you shouldn't receive communion. I've heard that as a standard. Um, I've also thought of recently, uh, I was in that situation because of horrible weather and it was dire situations. And uh, so I started having this conversation with the Lord. So I was like, am I in a state of grace? And am I fully prepared to receive you, Lord? You know, given the circumstances and the answer in my heart was yes. Mm-hmm. So I did. But if it was just a normal day and, and I was late because of my own fault kind of deal, I probably would not receive after the gospel. Mm-hmm. So is there like a, a just a <laughs> guideline? I no, there's not a hard and fast, but there's, there's a kind of a, a guideline for that.
3: So again, there's again. I kind of wish that <laughs> the church just kind of said, okay. So you know, after the gospel, like well, you can recommend receive, as kinda, pastor.
1: So I, I yeah. could, I could
3: always suggest. Um, but again, if we see the whole mass as a whole, I think we can get a better understanding of of what is appropriate. So, so for example, if you're coming in after the consecration, and yeah. you know, like okay, that like, like you haven't really How received could you the enter word
1: enter into right. the mass right?
3: right and you know and you miss the whole Liturgy of the word right mm-hmm. and too, and so but well, granted if there was a really an emergency um that occurred right before mass and okay but but at the same time it's it's are we receiving the whole because you know it's the Liturgy of the word so it's God himself speaking to us through the word but it, and then in the liturgy of the Eucharist when we actually receive Body and blood, soul and divinity, the Holy Eucharist of our Lord Jesus. And so, so there's not, again, there's not a hard fast rule, but I would say, where, where is your heart at during the mass? And, and are you actually really prepared to receive the Lord or not? And, and then if you feel that you're not, then, then go to the next Mass, right? Mm-hmm. And then really receive and enter into receiving Jesus's voice, right? The Word of God uh, first and then also then receiving um, the Lord fully in the Eucharist. And, and I would also say too is that the whole point is to receive our lord purely right and so yes. so yes it's great that you're there but also we have to examine our consciences as well it's uh, have we gone to confession if it's been a while from going from confession maybe months or even a year and and you know i haven't confessed you know, mortal sins, then I should not be receiving Jesus. No, really. And no, so, mortal sin
1: is an easy one, father. Don't, right. don't, don't get everybody off the hook. If well, you a mortal know. sin, just go get your blessing and get to confess. Right. As you right. Can, okay?
3: But that's the thing. But you know, the percentage now it's, what is it? 70% or so Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist. And it's just, whoa, so crazy. Yep. It's
1: so unbelievable. <laughs> yes. Um, so at the end of the day, what I'm taking away from this is again, You need to be very fully um, disposed in your heart and entered in fully to the Mass through the Lord's Word, and that as a personal decision between you and your Lord at that time, that's kind of what I'm gathering from what you're saying. Would you say that's a pretty fair assessment?
3: Yeah, that's pretty fair.
1: Okay. And the last one, I know we two minutes left because we're going to end with your priestly blessing, but... When is the mass over and that you can actually leave? I know there's like a polite, like it's go in peace to go and serve the mm. Lord is the end, but politely after the music is, recession is done.
3: That's me. a good question. So technically after the dismissal, because the Latin is Eta Misa S. That's where we get the word Misa mass from. And technically mass is done after that. And, and so again, there's local customs that, That, you know, people stay for the closing hymn or the recessional hymn and then prayers afterwards. But technically the mass is done. When the blessing is done. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm really glad to know says, that. And says go
3: because we're really meant to go, we'll literally go and proclaim the gospel. Because so. I was literally <laughs> sitting
1: when people were leaving during that time. It's like, well, Judas left early too, you know. So, so I was well, sitting. On that, well, know? if
3: they if they left after communion, then yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's, that's where not
1: good. Judas okay, left early. Well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
1: wow, I could talk yeah. to you for so long. I hope that you'll uh-huh. come back again in the near future yeah. or just whenever and let keep us posted on how things are going out in Hutto. Sure. But with that, Father, would you give us your priestly blessing with these last
3: yes i'd love to you so the lord be with you
1: and with your spirit
3: bow down for the blessing heavenly father humbly ask this blessing be imparted upon these your beloved children especially as they continue to grow in greater holiness in their various vocations may you send forth your grace your peace your joy as well as your mercy upon them as they strive to live for you and for your greater glory and almighty god bless you the father the son and the holy spirit Amen. Amen.
1: Well, thank you for joining Red Sea Roundup today. I'm your host, Pam Marvin, and I look forward to talking with you again next time on KEDC. Until then, go and love your neighbor. See it, go!